Top of the morning, lads and ladies. Support for the Awful Irish podcast is now brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's global waste grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels, and you're no longer lead the look of the Irish with the ladies. Manscaped just launched in Ireland. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job. You can now be one of the first men in Ireland to experience their life-changing products. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code IRISHPOD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code IRISHPOD. And welcome back. How's everyone getting on? Doing good. Uh, today we're joined by Chris Caldovino. Chris, how about you introduce yourself? Hey guys, how you doing? My name is Chris Caldovino. Um, I'm an actor. I've been in uh, Boardwalk Empire, Sopranos, among uh, many other things. And I'm glad to be here talking with you guys today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, you, you've done a lot of stuff. You've, you've been an actor for a long time and you've done a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's over 20 years now. I would, yeah, I would, it's impressive. Yeah. yeah, yeah um, that's, that's longer than we've been alive. Yeah, I'm not. I'm 19. That makes me feel good. <laughs> Kidding, guys. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys were born in the late 90s. 2001. 2001. Yeah. Oh, sh- you were born in 2001. Wow. That's <laughs> like that was like three weeks ago. It feels like. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we're not making you feel old. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I sense a bit of De Niro in there. Um, <laughs> and actually speaking of that, um, you know, you play a lot of characters, you've done a lot of acting, but it seems when a casting agent uh, or whatever they call them sees you, they see one thing and only one thing. They see gangster. They see mafia. And, you know, you fit it so well. Thank you. Thank you. You've made a career of it. Yeah, the more... Um... Uh, my roles are expanding. Like the last few auditions I've had, let's say, were non-mob and non-Italian roles. So, so my God. I mean, I like doing them as well. But yeah, I got to admit, doing playing a gangster is a lot of fun. I played a cop. Actually, I played a fireman on uh, uh, Edie Falco's new show, which was unfortunately canceled on CBS called Tommy. I played a, a fire chief, but uh, it was supposed to recur, but the show got canceled. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's, like I said. You know, playing the mob guys it pays the bills, so that's and I have a lot mm. of it, you know. Yeah, well, it's it's definitely one of the fun ones to do. Um, yeah, and you've done a lot with it. Um, the Sopranos, that's a big one. Boardwalk Empire, that's big. That's very big. Yeah. Very impressive. Thank you. I mean, yeah, it was, it was a, a blast doing both of them. Really, it was. Uh, the Sopranos was quite a few years ago now and uh, uh, that was like mind-blowing because I already had been a fan of the show. I didn't get onto The Sopranos till season five. So I was a huge fan of the show and I had auditioned a few times for it in the previous um, seasons and never got on. And then I got hired, uh, finally made it on to play Billy Leotardo, but there's a funny story that's attached to that. Actually, the character that I auditioned for and booked was named Billy Saracusa. It wasn't, I wasn't supposed to be Frank Vincent's uh, baby brother. What happened, so we, I, we started shooting. I shot the first day. In fact, the scene where we, uh, where he shoots uh, Lorraine, the female bookie, th- through Spoilers. the uh, phone. 
to the phone book. Oh, that's 15 years ago, man. <laughs> anyway, no, nobody dies in that scene, so it's okay. But the point is that um, uh, the name Billy Saracusa didn't clear legal for some reason, so we, they couldn't use that name. So they had a meeting after my first day of shooting, and they had to change the name. So they, they said, hey, look, you know, Chris looks like Frank Vincent. You could probably play his son or something. So David Chase said, that's great. Let's, let's call him Billy Leotardo, make him his baby brother. And then, you know, that whole storyline started. But, you know, uh, if it wasn't for that to happen, I, you know, would have did one or two episodes and you probably wouldn't even want to be talking to me right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I doubt that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that, that's definitely a weird one because uh, we, we've had a lot of people go through the same experience. They go in for, like, a, a, a day cast and then they get a reoccurring uh, job out of it. Mm. You know, it's fairly handy when you get it, yeah. but it, you know, hard to plan for. So well, we, that's, that's like, uh, that's a once in a, you know, blue moon kind of thing. I mean, that was just a stroke of luck. Yeah. Mm. And so they didn't ex expect to keep you as long as they did, but when they seen your performance, you kind of wooed them over. Well, thank you. I, I'd like to, I'd like to think that was maybe true. Hopefully, yeah, that'd be, you know, sure. Anyway, it was, um, I learned a lot on that too, you know, to that, at that point, <clears throat> biggest thing I had done and, you know, especially, you know, the show at that point by season five was the biggest show in history and was just, so I was just blown away, but, you know, being there, it took me like, uh, you know, it took a little while to like settle in. I'm like, I can't believe I'm here, you know, this is pretty wild. And uh, I mean, we were shooting that first, seen on location in Queens, New York, um, at a bar, an actual bar. It wasn't a, it wasn't the uh, studio. And, you know, it was in a neighborhood in Queens and it was just hundreds of people outside watching and, you know, waiting for us to walk out of the bar. And it was just, it's pretty mind blowing experience. Yeah. It sounds like it, you know, it really, it's hard to imagine if you weren't there, you know? Yes. Um, so, you you came onto the show as a bit as a big fan of it in the first place, yeah. so you kind of have a, a fanboy moment. You kind of freak out at the start. Of course, absolutely. I mean, you know, then I'm working with Frank Vincent, who I've been a fan of, you know, all my life practically. You know, I mean, I, I thought he was great in Raging Bull back in 1980. I mean, when I saw that, I was just and then you know Casino and just you know all these movies that he's done and. And then now I'm working with him, playing his little brother. Yeah. Just, ah, this is pretty, pretty cool, man. You know, learned a lot from that guy. Great guy. Yeah. Learned a lot from him. Yeah, there's something to be said about surrounding yourself with talent. Um, and obviously, you know, it looks like you picked up a fair bit after being with those lads because your career afterwards exploded. Yes. Well, it, yeah, that, that did enable me to get a lot more work. And, you know, that put me on the map. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's, it's but, uh, yeah, I just, my job, I learned as much as I could and I learned from those guys. I watched them when they were doing scenes and just absorbed everything I can, you know, and it was, um, and then, you know, being in a couple of scenes with Gandolfini was just like mind blowing too. He was a great guy, rest his soul. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, just the whole experience overall was, you know, I, when it ended, I was just really, you know, sad. I was, you know, hoped that when I found out that I was going to die, I was like, well, it's all right, you know, I, I made it through the whole season. You know, I got way more episodes. I think I did nine episodes. Of, you know, I never expected that. So I was really yeah. about it, really happy and grateful for that. 
Yeah, well, considering they hadn't planned for you in the first place, you know, getting nine episodes, is, that's pretty yeah. good in one of the best shows of all time. Yeah, because the whole storyline changed, you know, and then in the fact, you know, the killing of my character kind of, you know, fueled the, the feud that ended the show pretty much. So, yeah, that was just all happenstance, man. That just was, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, you, you didn't start off um, in The Sopranos, The Wolf of Wall Street, Boardwalk Empire. You didn't start off in these movies or these TV shows as well. Um, you had to start somewhere. So what was it like for you starting off as an actor? Oh, that was really tough. You know, it's, it's a struggle. And uh, for everybody, you know, for most people, I'm sure some people get lucky right away. But, you know, I, did, I studied acting for many years and then uh, I came out to L.A. and <clears throat> just hit the pavement. You know, I you know, took my headshots and would submit them to agents and, you know, go knock on doors. And, you know, little by little, you know, a lot also back then there was... Um, a, a newspaper called Dramalog that, you know, new, uh, you know, inexperienced, you know, new actors would find these little jobs that they could audition for. And I started booking short films and doing short films and student films and just building, you know, uh, a, a reel, like a demo reel where I could now edit those together and then have something to show an agent um, of, of my work. And then uh, my first agent, I, yeah, it was uh, a guy named Sid Levine. I think he's still around. And uh, right away, I started, I, as soon as I signed with him, I booked a couple of small movies. This is like the late, like 97, 98. And then, you know, it was just a, it was a grind. You know, you just audition. You know, I can't even tell you how many auditions I went on, you know, um, in my life. You know, so I'm still auditioning. I auditioned uh, last week for American Horror Story. Oh, wow. Ooh, not bad. I really hope you get that one. Yeah, non-gangster, non—you know—mob uh, role. Just to, I don't want to say what it was. Pretty, pretty out there kind of role. We, you yeah. know, our stories. Great show. Yeah, that's a big show. My girlfriend's a big fan. I'd be like, hey, I interviewed that guy. Yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, you're hoping. Um, but yeah, there's a lot to be said about the tolls, the toll that acting can have on your mental health because you're dealing with being told no more than you're being told yeah constantly you know i i, I liken it to people like you know i'm sure you guys have been on job interviews and you know people hate job interviews and you know if you're lucky you only have to go on a few your whole life because you know you get it being not going on a day on an audition being an actor you interview you know two three times a day sometimes you're going for job interviews you know and it's just you know so if you don't have you know strong shoulders and a thick skin you know, I would suggest not getting into this business because the rejection, you know, it's 99% rejection and 1% acceptance, you know, and, and that 1% is the jobs that you've seen I've had. That's just the 1% of the auditions and, you know, the opportunity. You know, sometimes you get a, a job offer where I won't have to audition, but, you know, for the most part, you know, but, you know, it's probably 50-50. I still audition and I'm happy to do it. Yeah. Well, you know, if it's, Paying the bills, you know, happy to do anything really. Mm. But, you know, you're saying it's the 1%, but what about the other 99%? What, I ask a lot of actors uh, what the biggest role they've lost out on ha has been. Oh. What would that be for you? The biggest? Uh, let's see. Uh, well, I had a role, I was supposed to play a role, uh, well, I auditioned for a role in Vinyl. If you guys remember that HBO show Vinyl, I uh, didn't get it. Um, 
it uh, that was a pretty big one. That would have been a recurring, uh, that would have been a big recurring one. Um, yeah, just some projects that I was attached to that ended up falling apart uh, that you, you know, was really looking forward to. Um, geez, I can't, that's a good question. I'm gonna have to think about what the, what the most, you know, what the toughest one was. Yeah. That I, yeah. we've, had, we've had some good ones. We had a, a guy, he was supposed to play Tom Holland's Spider-Man. You know, we've had a guy, he was supposed to play Negan on The Walking Dead, you know? Oh, yeah. But yeah. It's, not, it's not that they were supposed to, that they were in like the, the last few guys. Uh, there was a mo an HBO movie called The Wizard of Lies starring De Niro. It was about Bernie Madoff. Uh, and I was, I auditioned for it. Um, apparently what happened was Hank Azara, they offered Hank Azara the role, the role from what I understand. And they were negotiating. He wanted more money than they were able, than they wanted to pay. So I auditioned and it was the same casting director that had casted me and other things. Um, so she was familiar with my work. Anyway, I auditioned and the next day they called and said they put me on hold, which means that they're, they're most likely going to use you, but they're just not committed yet. So I was on hold for about a three or four days. And I'm like, oh, this looks really good. I, you know, and that would have been like three months of work, the whole, you know, the whole length of the movie with De Niro, Barry Levinson was the director. I mean, it was huge. This is only about three or four, four years ago, maybe five when it came out. And then um, my agent called me on a Friday or and he said, look, he goes, they're not going to go with you. They, the the, uh, the actor that they, um, offered the role to, which I, at that point, I didn't know who it was, accepted the offer. And then the next day I got up and I saw on Variety uh, online that it says Hank Azaria signs on to Wizard of Lies. So I'm like, oh, wow, I was up against Hank Azaria. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, that was tough. Yeah, that was a tough one because I was so close. I was literally on hold. They were ready to, you know, make the deal, but he decided to do it. Yeah. Not uh, you know, they'll um, they'll audition you for something, even though they have an offer out to somebody, uh, and they'll just, you know, audition people to see if they have a they put you in second position. So I was in second position for that, which is a pretty big thing because that was a big movie. In fact, my agent was all excited. He goes, ah, "If you get it, don't worry about it. You're in second position for this, which is a you know, it's it's a, it's a milestone." Mm. But that would have that was tough. I would have really have loved to get that role. So yeah, the point about having fiction it's a lot of actors, important a lot of people who want to become actors they don't realize that you know that there's a lot of behind the scenes work that it's you know paycheck to paycheck it's oh yeah securing the bag you know it's 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 a tough gig it's very tough and even you know with the union situation you know now they made it even harder like you have to make a certain amount of money every year or if you don't get your health insurance so it's you know, and it's, it's, it's a nice amount. It used to be a lot less. Now it's a pretty big amount. And it's just, you know, it's not a, um, you know, if you want to make money and have a secure paycheck and, you know, have a normal life, it's not the business to get into. Yeah, but who goes into it wanting a normal life, in all fairness? Oh, that's uh, right. But don't yeah. expect to, uh, you know. And I know people and, you know, and even me at times, you know, I've been up and down and sometimes, you know, even after Boardwalk, uh, I had a little bit of a valley, a little valley uh, that I wasn't really getting anything, you know, and it's just, it's never guaranteed. You know, I know, I know people that were, you know, leads on shows, you know, for multiple seasons that when that show ended, you know, it was hard to find work again, so. That's the thing, like, you know, if you're known for one thing, 
you know, it, it's hard to separate, separate it like. Well, yeah, and then you have the people that are really known for one role and they get real typecast, you know, uh, and, and that's the other end of it um, too, you know, so. Yeah, it's like, realistically, no, well, he's big enough that it's not really going to affect him, but uh, Robert Downey Jr. is always going to be Iron Man, no matter what movie he's in. Even yeah. his old stuff, you're going to look at like Iron Man. Prior to that, you know, that, you know, play, he played Charlie Chaplin. I think he won an Oscar for that. He's brilliant. I, so um, I think he'd have a little less trouble than uh, a typical other action star because he, you know, he was like a serious actor for most all of his career. And then, you know, hey, you know, I don't blame him signing on to Iron Man. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> a great role, and he's good in it too. And they're well written, and he's, you know, but. Um, you know, I think if he wanted to transition back to, you know, smaller, like, character-driven films, I don't think it would be a problem for him. But you're right. A lot of other actors that are big action stars would have a problem doing that. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a rough old one. <laughs> it's not, it ain't easy. Um, but, look, you've made a career out of it. And that's, there's a lot to be said there. Uh, you know, you've played some memorable characters. Uh, and you've been with some big names. Um, so... Let's talk a little bit about Wolf of Wall Street. That, that was a big movie to be in. Yeah, that was another uh, dream come true. You know, wanted to work with Scorsese. Um, even though he did direct the pilot of Boardwalk, I wasn't in the pilot, so I didn't get a chance to work. Uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, being in a Scorsese movie was, you know, like I said, Raging Bull was a movie that made me want to be an actor, you know, so yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, his, uh, his movies are just life-changing. They're just unreal. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. My scene was all improv too. Uh, it wasn't really it was, so, and it was a lot more. It got cut down. I actually worked on that for like three or four, about uh, three weeks. Wow. But it got, you know, I did, a, you know, other things and it just got cut down, you know, because Scorsese shoots so much that, you know, he has to, you know, it's, it's not rare that you could have a scene in a Scorsese movie and then have it cut. Well, I was lucky to at least have that stay in there, you know, so. Great. Yeah. Because yeah. we've had people on and they've had big roles in movies, but like all their lines cut or oh, yeah. stuff like that, which sounds horrible. You know, that happens a lot too. Yeah. Or even if you get the job, you might not be seen, you know, sometimes. Yeah. Um, actually, I did a bit of bit of work on, as an extra on a movie pretty recently. Uh, oh. I, we're supposed to be doing like six or seven different scenes. I, I got seen in one. They they like they had us on set every single day. Yeah. They set us up on the scenes and then like they were like, eh, no, take them out. Yeah, yeah, sure. And that actually that happens to actors as well because there was actors on day who were supposed to be like with us and the exact same thing happened to them. They just got put off their side. They didn't wait with the extras like they had their own. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't st stay with the peasants like <laughs> when I first started out, you know, trying to get my because uh, back back then you had to get three SAG vouchers as an extra to join the union. So I, you know, I was taking extra work when I first started out. Absolutely, it's not easy, man. Well, I'll say the extra one's a bit handier than acting. I'd say it's a lot easier. Um, you got to sit around, you know, give some work to do, get it done. They yeah. might call you, they might not. The food's great. Yeah, I mean, most actors have, you know, started out, you know, being extras. You know, I don't, most I would say, absolutely, you know. Hmm. So, so what were you, 
pull the movie sometimes and you can pick out some famous people as extras, you know, when they were young. It's, uh, it's cool. So what were you an extra in? You said you, you started off doing some of that work. I'm sorry? You said you were an extra in some things. Uh, what were you in? Oh, geez, I don't even remember. <laughs> is, is, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, well, it's funny. The, when I got my SAG card, I was an extra on a show called Duresta. It's off the air. Um, and then the second day, they called me back, and they upgraded me, and I played a mugger on a train, on a subway train. Let's say that again. Uh, I, I was I was working as an extra on a show called I do remember this one called Duresta. It was a a sitcom about this guy who was a New York City transit cop. So I was an extra on it on, for one day. I was trying to get my SAG voucher. The next day they brought me back, but they upgraded me to an actual part. And I played an extra. I played a mugger on a New York City subway train. Okay, so you, you said mugger. I thought you said mother. No, no, mugger. You know, uh, uh, is that a word you guys use? there like when someone gets mugged it's kind of you get robbed yeah yeah we say robber <laughs> or like muggers uh so i played and i played the mugger and that's how i got my or the robber and on the train on the subway train yeah and that's how i got my sad card and then i found out years later that sylvester stallone got his sad card playing a rob same thing on, in a woody allen movie playing a mugger on a train on a subway train back back in the day if you New York City subway train, the likelihood was you'd get mugged or robbed. <laughs> yeah. I had an incident on a train once when I was a teenager, but that's another story. Well, I mean, we're all about stories, if you want to tell it. Oh, no, it's too long. It's just, that's all right. Yeah. Some guys tried to jump me, and I had a gold chain on. I was with my buddy, and a couple of guys tried to jump me and get my chain. And uh, as he went for the chain, I grabbed his hand. Gave him a shot. And my friend got up, and uh, we fought them off. And uh, I kept it. They didn't. They didn't rob me. But uh, that's some like Batman and Robin shit right there. Yeah, that's impressive. Like <laughs> on on the subway train, I, there was an old lady sitting across me. She almost had a heart attack. I felt so bad. Oh. Yeah, it's funny. You were the one getting robbed, and you were the one who felt bad. <laughs> I was. Uh, well, I was. I was like 17 or 18. You know, pretty strong, so I, I was able to handle myself. And. Uh, I think they were a little sorry trying to trying to rob me. <laughs> yeah, they, look, it, it's rough getting robbed. Uh, you know, and I feel terrible for people who don't know how to defend themselves. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, you never expect this. You don't plan for it. Someone takes your your fucking wallet, your your phone. You know your chain. Uh, that sucks ass. That is horrible. Yeah, and back in the day when this happened, that was the. Um, it was like the mid late eighties, late eighties, and New York was really bad. I mean, New York—it's cleaned up now, but back in the seventies and eighties, New York was a you know Brooklyn where I'm from. Yeah. Rough, so. And uh, well, you, were, you know, you know, especially being a young guy, I was kind of ready for it, you know, and felt like I was invincible, so I didn't care anyway, you know. So I suppose that hardened you up for the uh, mafia roles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had a few incidents like that 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 got me in. Got me ready for those roles. 
Especially how we auditioned. Oh, hopefully told, not the murder ones. Just told the casting director how he used to beat the shit out of people on trains. And they were like, yeah, you can have the role. And this guy tried to rob me once and uh, you should have seen him. And now he's in hospital. You know, he's, he's, still, he's still asleep. Like. <laughs> still asleep. Um, but yeah, um, you know, speaking of New York, they've been hit pretty hard with COVID. They're going into a second lockdown. Um, it looks like all over the United States, you're going back into a lockdown. Yeah. How has that been for you? Well, um, I'm kind of doing the same thing I've been doing all along. And now I know, but just today we started getting, or yesterday we started getting new restrictions. So um, it won't affect me that much. Um, you know, because, you know, I'm pre- I play it pretty safe, but um, there were some restaurants that were starting to open. I think they're closing now and uh, closing again. And um, so, I mean, you know, like I said, you know, <clears throat> It's, it's, it's a rough situation, but everybody has to do their part, you know, and try to try to stop this. So, of course, when I go out, I wear a mask and, you know, I'm just, you know, as careful as I could be. You know, I don't lock myself in my apartment, like I said. I, you know, I go out daily, you know, I'll go out and exercise and, you know, go to the park and do my, my, uh, my exercises and I'll go, you know, uh, hike, you know, do my hikes up the hill. Can't go to the gym because the gyms are closed. But you know, you know, you could do push-ups and pull-ups and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. There's there's really no excuse at the, at this time. You do need to take care of yourself. Um, that was one concern at the start of it that people just weren't healthy enough to deal with it. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing too. Yeah, the, the, the less uh, the less healthy you are, the easier you know you can contract this. So just yeah. Stay safe and healthy. And. Uh, you, you were saying to me earlier that you you, you normally balance between uh, California and uh, New York. Yeah, well, obviously, I haven't been to, back to New York since this started, since last March, actually. Uh, but, um, you know, normally I'm back there at least three, four times a year. And I'll spend, you know, a good time. In fact, when I shot, uh, well, I was back there last uh, uh, November because I had two jobs I had to do in New York. I um I shot the um, that TV show, uh, that CBS show with Edie Falco. In New- that shot in New York, so I was there. And then uh, also that the week prior to that in New York, I did the um, Sopranos convention. So that was that was held in New Jersey. So I had a, so I was in New York pretty much all of November and December uh, last year. Yeah, and. Uh... You're gonna have to explain that one to me though. Uh, so- soprano convention. Is that like people trying to meet up with the cast? Oh yeah, you guys aren't aware of it? Yeah, just you, know, you can look it up. Um, in fact, Sopranos Con has a, a they have a uh, Instagram page too. Um, yeah, it was like a huge, you know, like a Comic Con kind of thing, but it was only Sopranos, and it was in this uh, Meadowlands Convention Center. Fifteen thousand people showed up. That's a lot. And of members there, and they had all these kind of different setups, and they did a, uh, a little setup of the Bada Bing. They they. You guys should go online and check it out. It was pretty amazing. Now uh, all the news stations were there, and it was, uh, you know. So I had my little my uh, my my uh, booth, and you know, you come up and sign autographs and take pictures, and it was a two-day event. So that's not, that's not too bad. Yeah. yeah, that sounds really cool. We don't really have yeah. like any. A lot of guys, a lot of a lot of guys, a lot of people from from Ireland, from Great Britain, totally, and Australia. A lot of fans, uh, a lot of Sopranos fans. Um, of course, a lot of people from New York and New Jersey and all over the country, but I was surprised at how many people from, you know, 
you know, Great Britain and Australia. It was just, it was pretty wild, man. It was amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. <clears throat> we seem to love Italians in Irish media. I don't know why. I, I really don't know why. That's like, uh, you know, the Irishman, you know, I don't know why he was Irish. He's only like part Irish in it or something. But well, that was Irish. He wasn't Italian. That that uh, that that character, that historic character, was uh, was Irish, and he worked for Jimmy Hoffa. Mm. Uh, but there's there's a lot of guys in the mob like that that are connected with the mob and that aren't technically Italian, so they're not uh, made members. If you've yeah. heard that. But there's a lot like I watched Goodfellas. <laughs> yeah, Goodfellas, like De Niro's character, Jimmy Burke, was Irish, and you know, so he wasn't. Although he was, you know powerful mobster he wasn't technically in a mafia but he worked with them so guy like that you know kind of no difference so yeah yeah but i suppose that might be why there's a lot of love for it um you know in mafia movies or so on there's no main irish guy nearby uh because there was an irish mafia well yeah because you know the and especially in new york in the 70s also in the 80s there was the westies the irish mob on the, from the west side of manhattan and they actually worked um with the mob, with the Italian mob, they kind of were in, you know, business with them. So. Cahoots. Yes, <laughs> cahoots. Great word. A lot of people don't know that word. I'm glad you guys do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I suppose there's, a, there's such a history of Irish people going to uh, New York. Who mm. um, oh, the guy on? It was um, Italian, but a lot of Irish also. Mm. I had a lot of friends that were Irish. We got on just before you, and he was saying like he, he played a character in a historic game. Uh, he had to play like an, an Irish guy in like the 19th century, and we're talking about like Irish people have been in the states for a long time, ever since the famine happened here. That's right. uh, so, like New York and that area is like a, a huge place where they went to. Um, and we learn a lot about that in history, but yeah, I suppose there's always been a huge Irish presence in uh, New York. Oh yeah, the Irish were, that were in New York before the Italians even. You know, they were there like, from, like you say, from eighteen fifties or sixties. When was the famine? Eighteen forty, I think. Eighteen forty, yes, yeah. So from the mid eighteen, you know, from the mid eighteen hundreds, the Irish were the Italians didn't really start showing up until the late eighteen hundreds and early nineteen hundreds. Like my my great grandparents came to uh, to New York from Italy probably around you know nineteen hundred or nineteen ten or something like that, or actually later than that. Yeah, and uh, you know we had a reason uh, to go to the states, and it was because there was basically no food here. People were dying in the streets, starving to death. What was the reason for the Italians going? Uh, basically, kind of the same thing. Not as specific. I don't think there was a specific. But the south, southern Italy, uh, there was the economy was terrible, and it was very arid there. So they, it was kind of for the same reasons as you, as the Irish. Um, that's why, if you notice, all the Italians in New York are Southern Italians. The Northern Italians didn't immigrate oh, yeah. because the, there was a good economy up there. It was a whole different world. It's like, from what I heard, like Northern Italy, they actually look down on the Southern Italians. You know, right, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's a you know, whole different situation. So it was the Southern Italians, you know, the the peasants from Italy. I've, I've heard about that, but can tell us about. Uh, I'd like to hear about it. The, yeah, the history there. Money, if you were wealthy and you were doing well, you, there was no reason to come, you know, so it was only the, the peasants, the poor people, you know, that had no other way to turn and, and all from southern Italy, Sicily, 
and uh, you know they take, but you know, the, the northern Italians even look different. They, they're more fair. They're kind of German-looking. They're lighter hair, light eyes. Um, yeah. So yeah, Italy's kind of like south of Rome is you know it's a whole different world than north of Rome. I understand. I've been there. But. I've been to the south of Italy. I went to just where I think it's near Vesuvius, and Italy's a beautiful country. Like you know, it's really yeah, it's yeah, 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 yeah. It's so yeah. Vesuvius know. would be is near Naples, right? I'm not it's southern Italy, right? Near Naples, no, yeah. no I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Grandmother's from Naples, actually. Really? Oh, wow, that's cool. No, yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful country though. Like yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to be go there sometime because um, I, I had exams one year. Yeah, I couldn't go, but my, my family does archery, and there's a big competition in Italy. It was the world championship, and my my sister and my brother and my dad went, and I met myself and my mother stayed behind because uh, I had exams. Oh, kind of pooped on my mama's party. You know, she was looking forward to going, but uh. Chuck, there's always the future. And you know, being an Italian American, have you gone back to Italy? No, like, have no. you ever visited? I've never been back. You ever plan to? Oh, I'd like to. Uh, yeah, my father went back recently, and he had never been there because he was born here, and uh, he loved it. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to. I'm one of these days. I was up. I was up for a movie a few years back. Um, that was going to shoot in Italy, and I was going to play uh, Lucky Luciano, uh, which was uh, one of the characters from Boardwalk Empire. If you yeah. Uh, of course, he was in his 20s during Boardwalk, and the character I was going to play um, at the time was older. He was in his 40s, and he was in, he was in jail. And uh, didn't work out, though. So, But that, that would have been That's my choice. Yeah, and um, there's just this amazing feeling that some people get get to experience if they're not from like if culturally they're not from where they live returning back to what they would consider their motherland they get this huge feeling of just peace and feeling at home yeah and being irish born in ireland you know i don't really get the same feeling but i've heard americans who've come back to ireland and they just you know the emotions build up they can't like they're just so excited to be there I mean, from what I could see, what I know and what I've seen in pictures and film, it's a beautiful country. I mean, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it really does depend where you go. Um, yeah, it looks no. very different in different places. We're from, we we're live from, like, in the middle of the Oakley Pits. And there's, no, there's like nothing really good good in the middle of Ireland. Yeah. If you go to Ireland, you're in, you're kind of along the coastlines. <clears throat> you're along, you're in Cork or Donegal or Galway or you don't never really end up in Donegal, you end up in Dublin. You never really end up in the middle of Ireland. And if you do, well, it's by you're, accident. You're, you're passing through. You know, yeah. you don't... in America, you know, all the actions happening on the coasts, you know. Yeah. yeah, you were saying something earlier about being bi-coastal, and I was like, that is such a cool word. <laughs> uh, I've never heard that before. Oh, it's a big saying here. People say bi-coastal. It means, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I always wanted to be able to say that. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, the States is a big, big, big place. Um, Ireland is tiny in comparison. Yeah, I, th I think we're about the same size. If you combine Hawaii, we're about the same size. Hawaii and New Jersey, as far as I know. Um, that is tiny. <laughs> that, is that is tiny. That is so small. 
Um, but there's so many people living there who say they're Irish. It actually outnumbers the amount of people living in Ireland. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've read that, you know, and I did a lot of research in, on, you know, immigration and back in those days, because, you know, for Boardwalk Empire, I did a lot of research. And, uh, yeah, at one point, New York had, a, had like the second or third largest Irish population in the world. It was in New York, like in the 19, you know, early 1900s or something. Yeah. I mean, outside Dublin, I think it was like in per capita of a city, it had like the biggest population. That's, that's absolutely insane. Yeah, but that's... you know that's history. Um, people love for all, all new reasons, and like people are still moving over to the states um, uh, from Ireland. There's plenty of people. Uh, we had had a guy on earlier, and he's from Cork, and he went over to the states to become an actor, and he's an actor now. Fair play to him. But uh, you know, people still see like the idea of the American dream heading over, and doing better, because a lot of the European countries. Uh, well, p coming from my experience of people we've talked to coming from Europe, going to the States, um, European countries don't really have the same opportunities that you'd have in the United States, especially for actors. Yeah. Like, there ain't no Hollywood in Ireland. <laughs> there is nothing that you could compare. Uh, like, if you were a full-time actor here, uh, you're going to be doing something else. There's no way you could survive here as a full-time actor. So... If you get big enough, you really want to move statewards. Yeah. Right. No, I could see that. And there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, good actors from Ireland that are out here. I mean, there's a lot of. Uh, they seem to be really well trained and seasoned, and uh, I think they really take it seriously. Oh, well, that's what you want for a good, good actor in a good show. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Or a good uh, movie. But Chris, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. If people want to check you out, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram at, at Chris Caldovino. It's my full name. Um, and that's really it. I'm not on Twitter uh, or Facebook. It's just uh, Instagram for now. Some would say you're better off. But <laughs> yeah. as far as I know, you're on Cameo. Anymore. It's getting too crazy. You know. And Twitter, forget it. You, know, you go on that, you end up getting a headache. <laughs> yeah, the head gets melted. Head fucking prone, that happens. <laughs> uh, I, I, but you're also on Cameo, right? I'm sorry? You're also on Cameo? Oh, yeah, Cameo. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm on Cameo. Um, and uh, I'm on another, it's called Celeb VM. It's, a, it's another, uh, it's similar to Cameo also. Okay. And there's one, um, actually, there's, there, there's a Cameo type thing in Ireland, right? Are, are you guys aware of it? Irish well, Pie or something like that. There, there's yeah. a certain one with all the Irish it, actors from my well, join. I forget what it's called. So, yeah, I'm actually... I'm, Message texting uh, the guy who runs it, so I might be on that one also. Oh, very cool! Wow. I didn't even know it was a thing. That's a good gig, yeah. That's, that's really cool. cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if they want to check you out, they can find you there. And on Cameo, you're under Chris Caldovino. Yes, sir. Chris okay. You know where to find so, people. You know where to find them. So if you got this far into the video or the pod podcast, whichever way you're watching it or listening, uh, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, tell your grandma about the podcast, and take it handy. Good luck.